You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. You refer to the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the force. You believe it's this boy? He can see things before they happen. He can help you. The force is unusually strong with him. Anakin, don't do anything without first consulting either myself or the council. You don't need guidance, Anakin. I see you becoming the greatest of all Jedi. The boy has exceptional skills. His abilities have made him arrogant. You're not all powerful. <laughs> well, I should be. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. Sense great fear in you, Skywalker. You have hate. You have anger, but you don't use them. Only through me can you achieve a power greater than any Jedi. Anakin has turned to the dark side. If you're not with me, then you're my enemy. I will do what I must. You will try. GGR Pirate Radio presents How to Fix the Star Wars Prequels Welcome to GGR Pirate Radio. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am one of the hosts, along with uh, Steve Monick, and for this special episode, we actually have a guest. His name is uh, Vic Azim. This was our first podcast we ever did as GGR Pirate Radio. This is back in 2014. It was all about how to fix the Star Wars prequels. We're re-releasing it, uh, just like they do with Star Wars all the time, re-releasing the movies, so that you guys can enjoy the uh, first podcast that we ever did. So here it is, without further delay, myself, Steve Monick, and Vic Azim talking about how to fix the Star Wars prequels. We are going to start this first podcast, we're going to talk about Star Wars, which is, it's one of those things where it's nerdy, but it's also become chic that everyone can talk about it. It's, it's starting to, the curtain is starting to be pulled back, everyone can talk about Star Wars, but then the things that we're going to say right now, any of you casual Star Wars fans are going to be like, yeah, I gotta go. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, the prequels, the prequels, the prequels, the prequels, because they sucked, they were awful. They, they frustrated us to no end, um, especially those like passionate, rabid Star Wars fans who used to p- pretend they were Luke Skywalker in their backyard and jump off their deck like it was the skiff yeah. from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I mean, that's... That. Beating um, your brother with a Hot Wheels track pretending it was a lightsaber. Yeah. Exactly. We were all there. <laughs> lightsaber battles in your backyard. I think everybody went to that stage, so... Exactly, yeah. And when it snowed, when we had a snow day, guys, if you weren't, if you weren't pretending like you were on the planet Hoth... Like, there was something wrong with you. You were dead inside. It was and who just... hasn't tried a Yoda impersonation in front of the mirror at some point, you know? Everybody's apparently can do the Yoda voice. I think there was just you, man. Maybe, maybe. Well, I was still practice being Alex Trebek in front of the mirror, so that's probably a... Well, there you go. <laughs> I might actually be a nerd, so... Actually, so what see? is my favorite game show? No. <laughs> um, I've already... In the form of question. Yeah. And, hey, wow. Bravo. Well done. No stuff. Um, so what we're what we're going to be talking about today specifically is episode three of the prequel. Um, it's Revenge of the Sith, or as what Steve is affectionately referred to, what we're going to be doing here, and that is rewrite of the Sith. Um, I've already written two articles on the uh, GGR webpage about uh, episode one and episode two and how they can be fixed. And 
quick hitters on this one, um, just so you guys can get caught up. You should read the articles, though, because yeah, they're, they, they're pretty good. They're, they're works of art. They really, truly are. Um, <laughs> Mike, Mike likes his writing. This is a fact that you should know about him. <laughs> there's, uh, there's Hemingway, and then there's Mike. And I yeah. might take Mike, actually, in this case. It's like 1A, 1B, really. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean... You, Mike's pulling ahead. Hemingway's dead, so there's no yeah. door. No, I got that going. Yeah. There's no door coming up. That's out, the so only yeah. thing I got up on him. This is the fourth now. quarter. You have plenty of catch-up time. You're going down, Hemingway. I'm coming after you, Papa. It's me and you, big man. Um, quick, quick hitters on the first on, on episode one. Um, it was so confusing. There was so much stuff going on that didn't make any sense. So we're making the story simpler. Um, one thing we can all agree is that Phantom Menace is way too convoluted. Uh, if it takes more than a sentence. To describe the movie's basic plot, there's a huge issue. And when part of your main plot is focusing on trade tariffs and a robot army fighting fish people, no, that that's not going to work. Are you playing a scene that had nothing to do with the story but talking about how the Congress of the Universe worked was not a good point? Or is that what you're trying to say here? Look, I don't want this to be Star Wars, um, how a bill becomes a law. <laughs> I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. That just doesn't yeah. make sense at all. Schoolhouse Rock. Thank edition. you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Solid. Yes, exactly. George Lucas's political statement about the world. Yeah, pretty pretty much. And, so. and when you're in 1999 and you're a kid, you're not caring about that. You're caring about, about sword that. fights and saving princesses. Exactly. You know? And we didn't get that until halfway, and we only sort of kind of got that. But either way, we're simplifying this story. Um, what I ended up doing was is I made this more about the Jedi trying to stop a war, because they realized that they're really the only ones that are going to be fighting this war if it happens for the Senate, because the Senate, again, caught up in bureaucracy. We'll mention that. We're not spending 15 minutes on it like this movie did. But not only that, Anakin Skywalker has to be older. He cannot be nine years old. I get it. I see why they did it, because you want to see how far he goes from being a sweet, innocent, adorable child who says things like wizard to becoming the most evil man on the face of the planet who chokes people out. I get that. I, I get it, but you don't need to do it. And Jingle All the Way, fun movie, uh, annoying movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, what have you. But I didn't need to see Jake Lloyd in a space opera. It didn't need to be done. Yeah, yeah. Not only that. Let's Jake Lloyd see. is bad for all movies, let's be honest. <laughs> have you, quick aside here, have you guys seen what he's like as an adult now? No. Oh. Okay, so, <laughs> when I, I go to a lot of uh, comic conventions because um, I also write a comic book. My best friend, Ben Shaw, is an artist. I do all the comic book uh, storyboarding and all the writing and all the story work for um, it's called Ethan Stone P.I. Quick plug we'll just leave it at that <laughs> um, but we go to these cons all the time and Jake Lloyd was actually there and I didn't realize it became a big deal but it's the second time that he's been at a con somebody asked him about Anakin Skywalker and he flipped out the dude is like because he's so angry that his childhood is ruined by this thing he's jacked I mean, like, just just popping roids, just, like, lifting as much as he can, like, you know, do you even bench bro kind of guy? And, like, just flipped out. And there's a YouTube video on there. Check it out. There's a YouTube video if you look it up, and he just goes off on this dude. And you're just, like... That's what he's identified with. What is he famous for if not for Anakin Skywalker? Well, again, you know... And the flop that it was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, but he just... So he's going to be Arnold in the reboot of Jingle All the Way. He's going to play the dad character... Of the giant muscle... I'm just kidding with all this, by the way. <laughs> well, I mean, that's... A, I was taking yeah. notes. I was yeah. like, this is all my must-see list of yeah. 2015. Breaking news to all our listeners. Jake Lloyd like, 2. Was yeah. Sinbad yeah. going to be in it? That's but but Jake Lloyd, if there's the odd chance that you're listening to this, buddy, I feel your pain, man. I'm sorry. I really am. You tried. You really did. But what are you going to do, man? Just calm down. <laughs> yeah. Just calm down. Got Let carrot, it go. Carrot top syndrome, he basically. Does, dude. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. they're assigned autographs. Don't. Uh... But one of the things that like 
absolutely drove me nuts about this is they made it so that remember like Jedi were these cool things. There was only like two of them. There was Yoda and there was Luke, and they were just cool. And like Luke, in order to become a Jedi, had to have this '80s montage of how he trained to become a Jedi. Well, they made they just obliterated all of that because they were like, hey, if you don't have this magic STD, then you don't actually get to be a Jedi. So like it's this whole like hierarchy of bullcrap. And like, what about natural ability? Where does that come yeah. from? Like where does like where does any of that come from? You don't have to work hard for anything anymore. Oh, it just irritated me so much. Anyway, I want to contribute, but now that you said magical STD, I'm just imagining like you are with every Jedi that he's ever been with. PSAs or <laughs> make sure you protect your lightsaber. You just like ridiculous PSAs about not getting midichlorians protect in your, your lightsaber. System. I like protect. that. Yeah, you got to wrap it up, B. It works in a couple of different ways. Not. Look at me. Touch me by my size. Do you? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, kudos to the casting of Samuel L. Jackson, though. Um, yeah. He's in every movie ever, actually. Actually, I hate Samuel L. Jackson, let me be honest. I hate his guts because he's in every movie ever. So. You guys, how did you guys feel about Samuel L. Jackson being in that movie, though? I, it, 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 kind of to Mike's point. Was that inspired point, casting? I mean, well, I, I mean, kind of so. to Mike's point, and I'm not sure if it was for demographics or if they just wanted Sam Jackson because he's BA in a lot of the roles he plays, but like, I, I feel like what Mike was saying is that. So much story was dedicated to, I don't want to say nonsense, but stuff that we didn't need to see. Yeah. That the characterization didn't get flushed out well. Yep. And they're like, well, Sam Jackson has to be doing stuff. Well, he has the purple lightsaber, and that was the end of his characterization. Yeah, They didn't much. give him a lot of backstory or, or, or screen time or anything legitimate. So if you do away with the nonsense that he's talking about, then you get to be yeah. using Sam Jackson in a re- well, realistic way. And perfect example is you didn't need to waste time on explaining why Jedis were Jedis. They're just the Jedis. There's the Force, and everybody could potentially become a Jedi if you work hard enough and you... Yeah, there's a whole ten-minute scene where they're testing his blood, and oh my god, his levels are higher than Yoda's. Who cares? I want right. to see Sam Jackson wasting a, a mofo, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so. and, and that was the other problem with casting Samuel L. Jackson, is you were using his... Reputation. You were using his reputation to build off of. Like, hey, that's Sam Jackson. He's he's awesome. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't really do anything in this movie, except until the third one and gets his hand chopped off. Well, that was kind of a waste. Like, a wasted character. And Yeah. yeah. yeah all right. Great point. So, back to all of this stuff real quick. Um, in episode one, Darth Maul doesn't die. Oh my gosh, right? Spoiler alert. Um, he doesn't die because you need a main character to further into the trilogy that is going to be this thing that we're going to try to save now. Um... Queen Amidala. So, it always bothered me that Anakin Skywalker and her fell in love because there was really no reason for it. Well, you need to get, focus more on that. She became queen at 14. Mm-hmm. That's kind of weird. Think of how that parallels our universe. Think of Amanda Bynes. Think of Macaulay Culkin. and the Lindsay Lohan. Man, Lindsay Lohan. Where these child actors just end up getting so screwed up because they get put into these positions of power where they're making money, they're making decisions that adults should be making... And they don't really know how to live their life. That She's a perfect example. And I think the other side of that is the attention. Yeah. She's on screens in front of an entire planet as a queen at that age. That's not what you want in addition to puberty. Exactly. Going through that process in conjunction, yes. bad combination. But let's tie that in real quick. Why does she fall in love with Anakin Skywalker? Because of that big grandiose thing that she loves. She loves the attention. She has this dude that shows up, right? And says to her, I've been dreaming about you every night since I met you. That is frightening! <laughs> that is horribly frightening! You should have filed a restraining order immediately after episode one. Yeah. I've but, watched enough Criminal Minds to know what the second half of that story is. No, but she ate it up. She loved every minute of that. She was like, 
Aw, isn't that sweet? Because she's crazy, and he's crazy. And Let's prance in a field together. Let's do all sorts of adorable things. You can slice a pear with a force. <laughs> I think George Lucas should stay away from uh, romantic love scenes. As a writer, he just doesn't really he doesn't know it. how to create a chemistry between he two characters. He does not. The dialogue with everything there. So. Well, and the chemistry that worked in the original was the anti-chemistry. I love you. I know. Like, doing the big romantic <laughs> gestures and what all this is, nonsense what is, is like... Jerk. That was, the Whatever. Best, that was the best jerk line ever. Um, oh, but this also ends up working really, really well with um, with Anakin. Because we saw in the second episode that he's this dude. He's kind of a kind of a jerk. Um, and he's hot-headed and temperamental. But one of the things that we're missing here is why he's like that. And I think that we need to establish that he's forced into this training environment. With all of these other Jedi. But mind you, he's now going to be older. He's going to be like 15, 16 years old. They've already established the Jedi start training at a really, really young age. Yes. So you've got this older kid. Like, think about it. If you guys knew anybody in high school when you were like 16, 17 years old, there was that one kid that was like 19 or 20, had like a full beard, had kids, <laughs> well, like, still hadn't graduated you mean, yet. You're talking about Judd Nelson from uh, Breakfast Club. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's, he's yeah. the archetype, the prototype for that. You can't <laughs> tell me he was not. <laughs> you can't Walker. tell me he was not. He's got the Walker played by Judd Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> There's your rewrite right there. There's your recasting right there. You know what? Well, folks, that's the end of the podcast here. Judd Nelson, Jedi Apprentice. I think we have a couple what films. What about you, Dad? We have you a couple films to make there. here. What did you get me for Christmas, Dad? <laughs> um... You mess with the bull, you get the force. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, like I, I've always pictured Anakin Skywalker better played as like that outcast kid. Like everybody get, kind of picks on him and beats him up, and like he just doesn't get it. He sees Padme, he thinks she's pretty. He says stupid things that nobody else would ever say, and she loves it. So now they're on this course for disaster. They're not Romeo and Juliet. They're Sid and Nancy. Basically. Exactly. Sid and Wow. Nice. Yes. And Bam. I can Tina also. Um, yeah. And it gets to that point in three. I think that's where it's heading towards. Oh yeah, absolutely. Dare I absolutely. say Ray Rice and? Uh... <laughs> ooh, ooh, <laughs> too, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. Yeah, yeah. Too soon. Yeah. But like, and throughout all this, Chancellor Palpatine's like, "Hey, hey, kid, don't worry about it. You know what? The Jedi say it's not cool for you to do this, but you know what? You've had a rough go of it." He keeps like patting the kid on the back. Here's a couple bucks. Take her on a nice date. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And he's like giving her all of these things. He's saying subtle little things like, "Hey, did you know that?" Uh, that your strength uh, comes from your passion. If any of you Star Wars nerds know anything about the Sith Code, which I do, and I'm ashamed to admit it, um, <laughs> that's one of the main tenets of the Sith Code, is that passion brings strength. And Check my Sithopedia page real quick. Sith- <laughs> the Sithopedia page. He starts feeding him this stuff. Um, this is how Episode 3 should be fixed. The Clone Wars have begun to wind down. Um, the fighting is still intense as the Separatists are becoming desperate. What ended up happening was, instead of it being this thing where Jango Fett was the clone template for everything, that's stupid. Let's not do that. Let's have it just a bunch of clones, a bunch of random clones. They show up. The Emperor is like, doesn't even ask for permission. He's like, I'm doing this. We need this. He makes a decision. Because that's what leaders do when there's a war going around. Not only that, the Jedi are kind of happy about this. Because now they're not the main focus of the war. Before this, they were essentially leading planetary militias of, like, random farmers and people who don't know how to fight. So this ends up being a good thing. The Separatists make this last-ditch effort. They assault Coruscant, just like you guys saw in the original Episode 3. Um, there's really nothing that changes up to this point. That was the best scene in the movie. Yeah, when he... Oh, my God. When he chops off uh, Saruman's head. 
That was fantastic. I liked it. <laughs> like when he just stands there and he looks at him and he's just like, "Yeah, no, I'm chopping off your head." And he's, "Yeah, that was that was that fantastic. was actually an honor killing." So yeah, it truly <laughs> was. Um, yeah, so we we keep moving forward here with this. Um, we get to a point where Anakin is—he's a hero. Everybody loves him. Everybody thinks he's great. But the council is dressing him down. They're like, "You know what? You're too hot-headed. You're not doing this." But not only that, we also start learning some things about Anakin during the Clone Wars that he was brutal to people. He was not taking prisoners. He was killing everybody. He, they, he went a little too far. And Mace like, Windu... What he did with Dooku, that's standard operating procedure for him in the war. Exactly. Exactly. And Mace Windu, who's actually now become the head of the Jedi Council, because at the end of Episode 2, Yoda says to all of them, look guys, war is not cool. It's definitely not cool. I've said that we shouldn't be doing this in the first place. I'm putting myself in exile. Yoda becomes essentially like a Dalai Lama of sort, where there isn't. this is not the right answer. War is not the right answer. So he leaves. Mace Windu's in charge. It becomes a much more militaristic Jedi council than we've ever seen before. And I could see Sam Jackson doing that, to your point from before, Vic. Actually using Sam Jackson yeah, the way he should be used. A prominent role that makes sense. So like when Anakin walks in to him one day and asks him a question, he's just like, he's like, what does Marcellus Wallace look like? Or what does the Emperor look like? And he's like... What, what? And he goes, what ain't what? planet I ever heard of? <laughs> they speak English on Kashyyyk? I mean, like, we can have moments like that. It would oh, actually yeah, be cool. Geez. Sorry. <laughs> Say what again? Pulp Fiction, by far, my favorite movie. That's, it's such a great movie, absolutely. Um, but yeah, he's the head of the council. He's telling, Obi- uh, he's telling Obi-Wan, look, your um, Padawan is in big trouble. I'm not cool for this. He actually suspends Anakin. Anakin's like, this is bullcrap. I can't believe you're suspending me. I'm the one that won this war you wouldn't be here without me. And Obi-Wan's kind of like, yeah, they really wouldn't be here without him. Um, so Anakin goes to his buddy. He goes to his buddy, the Emperor, and he's like, hey, look, I got suspended. This is making me feel like I, just, I was when I was a kid when I was being trained. I feel like an outcast, and the, the Jedi are just using me. Um, the Emperor's like, yeah, you know what? This is exactly what it is. He says, the Jedi are blind. If they really don't see how great you are, he says that they're punishing you because they got you got results, and they weren't able to do that. Anakin agrees. Uh, Palpatine offers him a deal. He says, hey, you become my right-hand man. Leave the Jedi. Just leave him straight up. Um, Think about it. No big deal. I'm not going to push you. But remember, your strength is in your passion. And Anakin's like, wait a minute. I think I've heard that. That's the Sith, isn't it? And he's like, look, the Sith aren't evil. It's all propaganda from the Jedi, man. They're telling you this stuff because they want you to be passive and docile. They want you to be there. Controlled. Exactly. And that, and Anakin freaks out because... He used to be a slave. So that freaks him out. I'm not going to be somebody's slave again. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And that's what they want from him, and he's not going to do it. So he leaves. He sees the, the Chancellor's point. He goes and he talks to Padme, who they've had a whirlwind relationship. Here's the big twist. She's already had the kids. So, so they're, they're a little bit older than infants, basically. Exactly. But Anakin has no idea, because he's been fighting the effing war. Which, yeah, I mean, why would he be around? Exactly. So he has no idea that she's had these kids. He, I mean, he didn't really know that she was pregnant because at one point we'll establish that there was a message sent and never actually got to her, uh, got to him because the guy who was killing, uh, carrying it got evaporated by some, something, some yeah. blaster yes. of some yeah. sort or something awful that happened mm-hmm. to him. Um, Palpatine comes on the TV, on the, the space TV, the whatever you want to call it, yeah. the... The interwebs, how it would, I don't know what, the, what do they call it in Star Wars? You know, uh, inter, like intergalactic C-SPAN, basically. Okay, there you go. Do That's... we have Larry King on this? I, I would imagine act- so. He's probably still around at this point. Is he, act- is he an actual frog? Well, this was universe? from a galaxy 
far away a long time ago. Oh, yeah. So, he was, so he's he, definitely that, That's probably when he was in his, like, 30s, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that was his first assignment. Yeah. Galactic Civil War here, Larry yeah. King. Yeah. Live from the boo. <laughs> Live from the boo. Um, but Palpatine gets on there as Anakin and Padme are, are talking about things. She's like, look, I've got some awesome news for you. We need to go home to Naboo. I need to show you what's going on. And he's like, I will. we got some things that we got to get straightened out here first. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, crap, breaking news. Palpatine announces the war's near an end. The clone troopers are a resounding success. The planets and systems that seceded from the Republic are working on independent attempts to rejoin and be part of the Senate. So, hey, everything's great, right? Hunky door. Exactly, but he stops, and he mentions that it is with a heavy heart that after a thorough investigation of the actions of the Jedi Council, he will be asking for their expulsion from the Coruscant and removal from the Galactic Senate. He states that they abused their position as defenders of the galaxy and pushed children into war. They caused countless children and teenagers to be killed, maimed, disfigured, or scarred mentally because they were rushed into battle. He has spoken to several Jedi trainees who will remain nameless, who stated they were used, uh, their powers were used and that their own safety and well-being was ignored. Their sacrifices um, were a means for, promo- uh, for promoting the battle and not actually doing something, and that the Galactic Senate cannot stand for that. So all of a sudden we're starting to see that Palpatine had a big plan for all of this in the first place. Plus, I think it just cinematically. Yeah. Um, and Vic, I think you can speak to this because you know story structure and stuff like that. But that leaves you the ability to show Anakin and these kids like just some brutal, awesome action scenes. But then there's yes. a payoff for it. It's not just mindless action, which we yeah. saw in the movies where people are swinging around. There's a lot of mindless action there, and you have to have purpose to the action. Otherwise, the audience gets lost and doesn't care about it. So, And then you see that... This guy's evil, obviously, but is he really evil? Because look at what the Jedi were doing. It's not this like clear-cut little kid version of Star Wars, because that's what I felt like they made the prequels. Hey, we need to make this something that kids can go out and buy toys for, and you need to support the good guys, not the bad guys. It, this, the original Star Wars movies were not meant to be for kids. They were meant to be just good movies, and that got lost in this. And I think that if you put this part in here where he's saying, look, the Jedi kind of did some messed up stuff, yeah, it's coming from the bad guy, but at the same time, too, it's not just black and white. There's a lot of gray area here with this. Um, to, we're going to jump forward with this because um, we're, we're running short on time here. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll close this up real quick. Obi-Wan has some choices, too. Obi-Wan is the one that goes to fight Darth Maul because now Darth Maul takes the place of General Grievous because we don't waste that stupid character. <laughs> we only need two lightsabers, guys. It's fine. Uh, but that's the, his storyline through all yeah. three movies, right? He's been chasing and, and working and fighting exactly. Darth Maul the whole time. That's his exactly. side storyline. Exactly. Darth Maul is the one who killed um, Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon in the beginning, yeah, in the first one. So Obi-Wan's been after him. But he Obi-Wan's had this conscience of faith because... He's not supposed to want revenge. He's not supposed to want these things, but this is what he wants. He finally gets there. He fights Maul, and Maul is really kind of like not into it. The fight is just kind of like passive, and Maul says to him at one point, look, man, I know what you're going through. He's like, you seem weary of all this too, and they exchange a really, really heated dialogue where Maul says, maybe we're not the same, and Obi-Wan gets really mad. He's like, we're not the same. And Maul says, he goes, no, man, we're just errand boys. We're doing the bidding for somebody else. He's like, we're two sides of the same coin. He goes, you know, the Republic did tons of awful stuff. You guys murdered innocent people because of miscalculations in your, in your, um, I just completely lost it and it's gone. There it goes. So like they're talking about, like he's saying, like there are plenty of atrocities that you suppose that good guys did just as much as us. You guys got bad intel. That's the word I'm looking for. You guys got bad intel. You killed innocent people. And then what? That makes you any better than me. We're we're the same person. He's like, you believed in your side. I believed in mine. We're really not that different. Um, 
it makes Obi-Wan mad, and he murders Maul, just stabs him right through the chest, and he goes, no, there's a difference. He goes, this is personal. He goes, because you had no problem murdering my master and my best friend, and that if we are pawns, that's fine, but you're paying for his death. And Maul kind of smiles and understands it. And you have this really, instead of just like, hey, let's just chop off as many limbs as we can and then shoot him in, shoot him in the heart with a <laughs> yeah. gun and then be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns uh. are for jerks. <laughs> I'm British. <laughs> I'm going to make a line that everyone will laugh at. <laughs> we don't need that, man. Like, this would be better. This would be so much better because you're just like, well, damn, I kind of feel bad for Darth Maul now. Yeah. He gets stabbed to the chest, but you know what? They got a big point. And it's, an, and it's a parallel to what you're talking about with, yeah. in war... It's hard to draw that line between good and bad. It's not as clear-cut as yeah. the movies tried to paint that picture. Yeah, and I think that Obi-Wan finishes him off. He does very, like in Return of the Jedi, where he gives, uh, where Luke gives Vader that Viking funeral and lights him on mm-hmm. fire. We do something similar to that, to show that he least respects Darth Maul in the end. Um, and then he leaves, and he's actually ready to transmit his resignation from the Jedi Order. And this is when all hell breaks loose because uh, Palpatine has announced that the Jedi Order is being disbanded and they're being kicked off of Coruscant. And now, part two of Comics Online Pirate Radio's Rewrite of the Sith. We are going to finish up our rewriting Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars prequels to be specifically. When we last left our heroes, um, (laughs) Anakin... Um, had just found out that Palpatine was kicking the Jedi Council out of Coruscant. Um, and the reasoning for this is the Jedi Council was not the altruistic um, good guys as they were in the original trilogies, um, or the original prequels as they were seen on, on the big screen. We kind of rewrote them a little bit. Um, Yoda's no longer in charge. After episode two, uh, Yoda was really, really disenfranchised with the way things were going. He didn't think that the Jedi should be running a war. <laughs> Great warrior! <laughs> Wars not make one great. <laughs> so he left and put himself into exile on on Dagobah. A conscientious objector, I believe, is the term. Exactly. Yeah, he, he's. Exactly. I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm just going to walk away. Exactly. Exactly. And Mace Windu, um, which we all discussed, that he Samuel L. Jackson, being Mace Windu, uh, just was underused and underutilized. He's an amazing actor, and they barely like scratch the surface on what he can actually do as an actor. And we're going to put him in a much better role this time. He is now the leader of the Jedi Council. And he's more militant. He's more like, this needs to get done. We need to do this. And he uses these Jedi, some of them being very young, Anakin Skywalker being one of them, as his soldiers. And Palpatine puts out on the press conference that, hey, this was wrong. You weren't supposed to be doing this. You, You sent children off to war. Many of them died. Many of them were maimed. And he's like, you know, hey, and I have a, um, a source here that shall remain nameless, who's told me about the way that he was trained and he was, you know, abused and he was mistreated, and this is something that cannot stand, and we can't have you part of the council anymore. And one thing I wanted to ask you about, to to clarify with that relationship, Mm -hmm. um, in the actual prequels, the way they were filmed, they set up where Anakin was officially, like, some kind of Jedi ambassador working with the chan- like with the Chancellor Palpatine, and then in episode three. And, and they and he put him on the council, and it was yeah. all very tenuous. Is it yeah. official like that in yours, or is it more going to be 
uh, Anakin and Palpatine are just friends. They just are, are. They know each other. He sees him almost like a father figure. Exactly. Uh, but there's no official capacity. Or... And there's no yeah because with that it, it gives too much credence to oh we think uh, we think Palpatine's evil oh we think Palpatine's evil. No, the Jedi were not going to have time to think about that. There's a massive galactic war going on. They're putting soldiers into places. They're putting all of their chess pieces where they need to be. You really think they're going to have time to wonder, hmm, I wonder if the guy who's running the government right now is a bad guy or not. Because the only way that you would know that is if like, you were actually the guy writing the script. You yeah. know that he's evil because you made him evil. They're not going to have time to think that. Because there's what, maybe like... Uh, 200 Jedi, 300, something like that yeah. in, in the area, and they have to be yeah. scattered about yeah. for the war to exactly. a number of different systems. And that's a bigger point in this one, too, is that the Jedi are beleaguered. They are wiped out, man. They've been running this war before the clone troopers even showed up. And it just makes way more sense when you see that the Jedi are are beaten down and tired because they've essentially been fighting a war with um, militia members, like whoever they could find on the planet, to fight these robots that are coming in to invade. And now the Jedi see all these clone troopers coming up in, uh, in Episode 2, which if you read the website, you'll see all of this stuff there. Um, <laughs> that They're like, great, stormtroopers, you guys are trained, you guys are clones, Ready you guys are go. fantastic, and you follow all of our orders. This is great. They would never even question that in the least bit. The only reason you would question that is because it's part of the story, and that's why these prequels originally sucked in the first place. Because you, you forced people to do things that didn't fit with their characters, like Padme and Anakin falling into love without actually explaining why they would be in love, which Just, we covered right. in the first one. Because the plot says it has to be, so it is. Exactly. And I like the idea of there being like a film noir, a Jedi detective, something like that. It's one of those spin-off movies that Disney's planning to do in between the main ones. Like There is a story that you could yeah. do there, but... It, it didn't fit in the in second two. one. No, it didn't it did need to be there. It absolutely did not, yeah. no. And, and again, in the story, if you read it, I mean, I, I cut that completely out. Like, they know exactly what's going on. It's more of a, hey, we've done our research because we have this crack team of, of guys who can figure it out, and we know it's this guy. So Anakin doesn't, or I'm sorry, Obi-Wan doesn't have to spend half the movie, like, detectiving all around. You know? Yeah, it's almost I, like George Lucas, like, while he's writing the script, was, like, watching Blade Runner. It was like, hey, <laughs> that's a really good idea. I'll just write that. I'll just do... Harrison uh, Ford and I are cool. Crappy version yeah. of Blade Runner. Yeah. yeah. Harrison Ford. I can't get Rutger Hauer, so I'll just pretend that Boba Fett was Australian the whole time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so going back to, going back to episode three. We, we see this happen. We see that the, the Chancellor's really moving parts now. And Palpatine has really got his plan in place, and you see what he's trying to do in getting the Jedi out. And Anakin sees this, and Padme sees this, and she's like, holy crap, what are you going to do, Anakin? And he's like, I, I don't know, but i got to do something. And she's like, look, whatever decision you make, we need to take some time off. We need to go back home to Naboo. There's amazing things that I have to show you. She's already had the twins at this point. The twins are in the care and custody of her brother, Owen Lars, who lives on Tatooine. Because now you don't have to make it this weird forced relationship he's actually their uncle he's actually luke and leia's uncle so now when you go back and you see that leia was on uh, naboo and actually that was another thing that we changed too and i got this from a, a guy who does an amazing um videos on youtube it's, it's belated media is, is his yeah. name if you look on facebook the guy does great stuff he decided that instead of making naboo a separate planet and having alderaan get obliterated in episode one, uh, in uh, a new hope I have chosen to test this station's destructive power on your home planet of order. Continue with the operation. You may fire when ready. 
and it not really making sense because you had no emotional attachment to it, you make Alderaan and Naboo the same planet. So instead of Padme being from Naboo, oh, she's from Alderaan. Wow. So there's because no Naboo at all. Like no. all the stuff that happens on Alderaan. quote unquote Naboo is an all. Wow. It's all Alderaan. Yeah, which we don't makes need way no more Naboo. sense. I agree. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes it emotional attachment to the yeah. to the planet now. But Leia's on Alderaan the entire time. She actually grows up on Alderaan. But now, too, another thing that that completely bothered me is in Return of the Jedi, Leia says. Luke says to Leia, do you remember your mother, your real mother? And she goes, just a little bit. She died when I was really young. If what we saw in the prequels makes sense, that means that her mother died when she was three minutes old, and she remembers that. It's the will of the force or something like that. Some some silly garbage. It's a little anatomy and physiology, and I think humans really don't start forming memory, per se, of, like, events yeah. at the earliest until, like, 12 to 18 months. Yeah. Somewhere so in that range. Force transcends that, though. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you make Luke and Leia, like, three. She must have a lot of midichlorians. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Space, Space STDs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the soundbite you did for that was... was oh, oh, my God. God. That was so funny. Um, anyway, she's on Alderaan. Luke's with, you know, crazy Uncle Owen... And Learn how to be a farmer. Exactly, yeah. He's on, on Tatooine. Because then, it's not really a stretch for him to just live with them all the time. I go and visit these guys all the time. I get to stay with them? Little kid logic? Okay, cool. Yay. I know that he's my uncle, but that's that's cool. I like staying here. He's too young to know or care about any of the events that are going on around them. He's just a little kid. Exactly, yeah. So, she's like, hey, we gotta go to Alderaan. We gotta go home. We gotta go home. And he's like, look, I know. He's like, but there's some really serious stuff here I gotta deal with. We flash out. We already talked about how um, Obi-Wan is off fighting... Darth Maul. Um, my one of the things that I actually enjoyed the most writing was having Darth Maul and Obi Wan actually be sympathetic characters to yeah. each other. They're and two sides of the same coin, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. And we have we have Obi Wan finally defeat him, and he says to him, "You know, I'm doing this because you killed my master, and you deserve to die for that." And Maul kind of accepting his fate, but Obi Wan respecting him. And after this, realizing how awful all of this stuff is, going to resign from the Jedi Council. He goes to contact the Jedi Council, but it's essentially like those old movies where you try to make a call and a switchboard operator is like, I'm sorry, but the Jedi Temple is currently busy. <laughs> like, it's the old dial-up signal, like you're exactly. trying to call a fax machine or something. Exactly, yeah. And he just can't get through to them. And the reason why he can't get through to them is because Palpatine and Anakin are actually at the Jedi Temple talking to Mace Windu. And here's where we pick up on the new stuff. Um, Anakin walks in, he sees that Palpatine's already there talking to Mace Windu, and Mace Windu is flipping it, out. He, it's a heated conversation. Oh, yeah, and personally, the reason I wrote this is because I wanted to see Samuel L. Jackson lose his mind. I love when Samuel L. Jackson is mad. Who does it? In a movie. Like, that is the best. The highlight of many movies. And just him screaming and yelling at, uh, the, at the Chancellor would be fantastic. Now you've seen how bad things can get, and how quick they can get that way. Well, they can get a whole lot worse. So we're not going to fight anymore. We're going to pull together, and we're going to find a way to get out of here. And then going back and forth, and Mason Windu is saying that, you know, we deployed these Jedis because you told us to, because we had to fight this war. And Palpatine just very smugly being like, oh, no, well, I never said anything like that, and I never told you to put children <laughs> into battle, blah, 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 blah. And, like, oh, is it Ian McDermott who played? Yeah. I mean, he can play the yeah. reserve. Like, the whole yeah. time, like, the good guy's the one that's screaming, and he's just sitting there like, yeah, yeah okay, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just cool. This is what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, and Anakin walks in as the shouting match is happening, and Windu turns and looks at him, and he's like, you, and we all know what word he would be saying right now, because yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> it's a be. word that we don't want to say on the podcast right now. <laughs> but he looks at him, and he accuses Anakin of being the informant, and he says, you know what, you're done 
forget the suspension. Give me your flipping lightsaber, man. You're out of here. You're done. You were expelled from the Jedi Order. And Palpatine looks at him and he goes, no, 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 no. Don't turn on your lightsaber. Don't worry about it. Don't surrender your weapon. I warned you that they were only concerned with your, uh, with your power. And now that I'm taking it away from them, they're becoming angry and violent. You are the balance of the Force, a truly enlightened warrior. And Palpatine looks at Windu at this point, and Windu's like, holy crap, that's word for word. The prophecy that we said that Anakin was, the balance of the Force. This dude, or this mofo, yeah. knows, knows the prophecy. <laughs> and he's like, holy crap, he's the Sith Lord that we've been looking for the entire time. He's orchestrated all of this. And it dawns on him in like a, like a second. He just sees it all. And he's like, holy crap, we just fell right into what he wow. was looking for us to do. Man. And that's so much more powerful. And I love how in the prequels existed, they're all like, yeah, there's a bad guy, but it's like clouding our vision. We don't know what's going on. And it makes them seem like such yeah. horrible Jedi, like just dweebs that can't do their own job. Yeah. This way it sets up, he just basically gave them so much to do with this yeah. war that it overwhelmed them. They just they weren't even looking at their exactly. own government. And so when he reveals it, it's a little more of a, of a, of a punch. It's a little yeah. more powerful. Yeah, yeah. We, see, we see Anakin look at him and he's like, no, I'm not giving you my saber. Lights it up and he's like, why don't you come take it from me? And we get, like, Anakin starts getting a little a cockier. Yeah. And we get a really good fight here instead of, like, um, the Pal- yeah, Palpatine exactly. and, and Mace Windu fighting for 30 seconds. Which was lame. And you see you see Anakin and you see Windu really, really going at it. And the Chancellor's just watching and enjoying every single second of it. And Anakin eventually overpowers him with his anger and aggression. And he catches him off guard because after he killed Count Dooku at the beginning, he kept that lightsaber as a trophy. And he's got... Windu, like, on the ropes, he's overpowering him, and then he pulls out the other lightsaber. And Windu never even saw it coming, and he chops him in half. Oh, man. And it just, it makes way more sense, because if you're going to be that dark guy that we want him to become, Darth Vader, because secretly, let's just say this, we all knew who he was going to become. Yeah. But the best part of that movie was watching him actually do it. And that's the problem with, again, I feel like I keep saying, like, well, well, that's the problem with the prequels, but um, I felt like he just decided when, when Palpatine was like, dude, do you want to be a bad guy? And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go kill some kids and do some bad guy stuff. That's, that's that sounds right. like a good idea. I appreciate this job offer, sir. Like, that, that's yeah, basically exactly. all he, he offered him bad guyness, and he yeah. said, okay. This, I mean, from being picked on as a little kid in the, in the academy and all the stuff that Palpatine set him up, it's like it's been slowly over time right. pushing him, pushing him, and eventually this one moment, to me it's almost mirroring where... Uh, Palpatine in Return of the Jedi sitting in his chair Vader's on one side Luke's on the other and he's like pick up your Jedi weapon and he's like Luke's deciding should I kill the Emperor should I fight Vader or should I retain my goodness you know it's kind of an internal conflict this is set it up for Anakin to do the same thing he just decides to pick no no I'm gonna I'm gonna kill Windu I'm gonna I've had enough of this it's been so long I'm gonna be a bad guy and we we see that too and Anakin actually says that too he says to him he goes, look, he doesn't feel bad about killing him. He's not like, oh my god, what have I done? Yeah. Like in the original one, which was so lame. Like, I get where he's going with it. But then he's like, I've done this horrible thing. And then the Emperor is like, hey, but it was cool. And he was like, yeah, I guess you got a point. Well, yes. Can I be Darth Vader now? Is that cool? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was, that was so weak. Yeah. And this time he justifies his actions. He's like, no, you know what? He knew what was going on with me. He knew these other kids were, were mistreating me and, and bad-mouthing me and beating me up and taking my lunch money. Like... He never did anything about it, so he deserved to die because of that. He but justifies Pat- it in his own head. Like exactly, he, yeah. It's almost like he did something bad. Yeah. And then he's like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay, I did it because of X, Y, yeah. and Z. 
And that still leaves that room for when Luke redeems him at the end exactly. where he was like, look, I know you messed up, but I know you're still a good guy. Yeah. You just made some really bad choices. Let me help you. Exactly. And, and Palpatine even asks him, he's like, are you serious? Do you, are you ready to do this next step? Because this is it. There's no turning back. And he gives him the choice. And that's another thing. It was just like, it's now a decision that Anakin makes. It's not a, well, I guess because I don't want my wife to die. Because that's kind of, I don't want her to do it. Dead, dead is bad. Yeah. Like, and I don't think he realizes no. that if he would have said no, yeah. that Palpatine would have just like lightning him to death. He just exactly. chooses no. This I need exactly, to do this yeah. for my family and for the Empire and everything like that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and he becomes Darth Vader. He's now the Lord of the Sith. Um, and Palpatine gives him this awesome speech, and he's like, "They teased you." The, speaking of the Jedi, they teased you. They made fun of you. They belittled you, and you took it because you were taught to be weak. Show them how wrong they were, how corrupt the Jedi have become. Show them what happens when you suppress great power and passion. And he just gets to go through and slash his way through the temple, which could have been an awesome scene, but you only got snippets of it. You didn't get any of the real power and, and like yeah. passion that was there. And we actually see this now. And I he think goes, it'd be cool, like if, if yeah. you think about it, actually, like yeah. cinematically, yeah, the scenes where he's like slashing people, interspersed with. You know, black and white flashbacks of that kid. It's like you've read the script that we're talking oh about gosh, here. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, yeah, I mean, that's, just, yeah that that's, kid pushed him yeah, over. Or something. He disassociates during this moment when he's killing them. And he flashes back to this kid like kicking him and being like, oh, "Look at the little okay. slave boy!" As he like chops the kid's head off. Oh my god! And it's like, and it's you get a real dark sense of who yeah. this guy is and how messed up it was that happened to what happened to him. But at the same time, too. How far he's gone. Like, yeah, okay, it's wrong that they did that, but you shouldn't really be doing this. Um, Padme sees all this going on. She sees the Jedi Temple, like, up in flames, and she's freaking out. Um, she talks to her brother, who also another of her brothers, which, again, I'm stealing this from Belated Media because it was such a great idea. Bail Organa is her brother. Bail Organa and Owen Lars are both her brothers because, in a great tie-in for this, is like most Hollywood families, like we mentioned, Padme is essentially a child actress, they have all these different stepbrothers and step-siblings and stuff like that. You could very briefly yeah. set up yeah. like her parents were nobility and yeah. they have married other people. And it would make sense that exactly. Gail's a senator. And yeah. then Owen's like, I don't want to have any part of this. And exactly. he goes away to Tatooine to have a simple life with the girl that he loves. And right. it would take 30 seconds to set something up like that very easily. Yeah. But even better is you see the Emperor execute Order 66 and stormtroopers just gun down Jedi. I get it, because the Jedi didn't see it coming and they can't read the minds of clones. That was their excuse. But why do that when you could just have Anakin Scott, or, I'm sorry, Darth Vader. You yeah. have Darth Vader go to all these planets and they'd be like, hey, Anakin, what's up, bro? Slice, and now they're dead. <laughs> that would be so much better, because that was what we all wanted. And that's what it was said in the original trilogy. Is that Darth Vader, Vader hunted down and, and murdered the rest of the Jedi. Jedi. Yeah, yeah. So we need the rated R version of Star Wars, though. So you can it's it's it. gonna get, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can do all of this stuff very subtly and it's still PG make it PG-13. Yeah, I don't you know how... You can see boobs in PG-13 movies now. Like, I don't know oh, how MPA like, rates sci-fi yeah. Because I think, like, yeah. with yeah. lightsabers and lasers, like, it's not cauterized. Like, there's no blood splatter yeah. everywhere. It's very Which is unfortunate, because I would like to see some of these yeah. Jedi. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, like, beheadings with blood splatter. Like, Kill Bill, like, just, like, arms getting oh, lopped yeah. off and just blood squirting everywhere. Yeah, Tarantino Star Wars. Well, there, maybe oh, that's gosh. what we need to do, is have him direct. Starring Judd Nelson, right, from The exactly. Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> what a mashup we have of beautiful franchises. Yeah. Let's, Never get enough Jen Nelson. Let's, let's close this up, though, real, real quick, guys. Um, what ends up happening is Obi-Wan is essentially can't find anybody, so he's looking for any Jedi on any planet. He finds one of the planets where a Jedi is like, yeah, hey, I'm here. Obi-Wan, what's up, bro? Let's, you know, let's hang out. Let's talk. He goes there, and guess who's there at the exact same time? Friggin' Darth Vader. And he's like, hey, Jedi buddy, it's nice to see you. Gets, like, towards walking, and then all of a sudden you just see, whoop, lightsaber right through the guy's chest. And Obi-Wan's like, whoa, what? And he sees Anakin behind it. He's like, wait a second, what the heck is going on? If you want to do it on that lava planet, I guess, whatever, Mustafar? Yeah. Let's do it there, because then you can set up the whole, like, him falling into the lava. Yeah, I mean, he's got to get injured enough to be in a Darth Vader suit, so I mean, that's fine. Exactly. Now you have these two guys, these two friends talking about what's going on with uh, with them, talking about what happened in the story, ta- talking about what happened with them, and how it kind of forced their hand. Yeah. And, and I very much want that fight to mirror the fights from Empire and Jedi, where there's some action. I mean, they're definitely doing it, but yeah. it's not um, anything that is over-the-top, spectacle, yeah. crazy. There's as much dialogue as there is... Fighting because then there's the emotional yep. resonance that you've set up in the three movies, and there needs to be dialogue. There absolutely yes, needs to so be. much, yeah. and you Better need dialogue. to have Anakin explain to him. He goes, "Look, man, I got treated really, really poorly." He's like, "He's like this was a decision that was made because the Jedi Council is is kind of evil." He's like, and "Not only that, <laughs> they're no longer a factor because I killed most of the people who were the Jedi Council." Um, and Obi Wan saying, "Look, I agree with you. I was giving my resignation because I don't want to be part of this anymore." But killing everybody's not the solution. Yeah. And they really go back and forth with that. And, and Obi-Wan can't really wrap his head around it. He's like, I don't see how the same kid that I knew can do what you did. And Anakin's like, if you can't see that, you can't see that was what was wrong, and you're not willing to stand up to it and fight, then this is going to be a really short conversation between me and you. And they kind of draw the line in the sand where Anakin is so upset about what had happened to him and the way he was treated because he was supposed to be the chosen one. He was supposed to be the one that balanced all the force. But then he got abused and beaten and, and made fun of. And it and he's built himself up in his head so much and Palpatine's been adding to that. That makes sense. That Obi-Wan can't really overcome that. Obi-Wan can't be like, well, no, dude, you're just a kid. Like, just be a kid. Don't worry about being the savior of, of the galaxy. And I think the dissonance between the two, yeah. they both agree that the system is flawed. Yeah. Obi-Wan thinks it can be fixed. Yeah. Anakin is with the Emperor. He's like, no, we need to tear everything down yeah. and rebuild it into this structured empire that just, that way this kind of stuff never happens again. Yeah. And Obi-Wan's like, no, we were close. Yeah. We made some mistakes. Yeah. As long as we correct those, we can build off of what we have. And Anakin even says it, and he mentions it in the in the tri- in the um, episode two, Attack of the Clones. Um not in my rewrite, but then the actual yeah. one. He talks about how fixing robots is so much easier than dealing with people. He likes order. Yeah. He likes control. But he didn't really pontificate on that any further. And you need him to say that. You need him to say, this needs to be ordered. This needs to be controlled. Because we can't let other people screw this up. Like, just being a, a total um, psychopath about it. Being, like, a, con- a complete control freak saying, you can't trust people to make their own decisions. Which... If you look at our history here on Earth, not in you know a galaxy far, far away, how many people have said the same thing and caused massive amounts of loss of life yeah, and atrocities? Yeah, right. That's what you're starting to see with Anakin. Yes, he's a good guy, but he just went way too far. Yeah, and, I mean, he, he takes the ideals of like fascism yeah. and communism and says, yeah. look, look, if if I free you of the burden of free will and say like, look, if we do X, Y, and Z, if we set this up this way. Then what happened to me as a kid were all these people who were allowed to make their own choice and they chose to 
torment me and belittle me and make me feel miserable every single day, that's never going to happen again. And we've got to make sure that you know, it's my responsibility to set this up where that doesn't happen to anybody. Absolutely. He yeah. sees it as a structure where it's really oppression. What, what we didn't touch on is before Obi-Wan actually got in touch with one of the Jedis, he got in touch with Padme. Because him and Padme have been friends. They were friends yeah. since uh, the original liberation of Alderaan, which yeah. was Naboo, but now it's Alderaan. Um, and he talked to her, and she told him about everything. She told him about the kids. She told him about how Anakin's really, really torn and twisted. And this is where Obi-Wan makes his mistake, and he mentions that he's talked to Padme. And Anakin flips it just a little bit. You talk to her. How dare you? You went behind my back. You know, I've known that you've wanted to be with her. I've seen the looks that you've given to her. It's not a, oh, she betrayed me. No, you betrayed yeah, me. Because it's want. not about Padme anymore. It's wow. about the relationship between the two of them. And Padme is seeing all of this because Obi-Wan is kind of like broadcasting this to her because he's, she was like talking and he's like, oh my God, Anakin's here. Let me go see if I can stop him. And then she's seeing all of this and she can't do anything to interact. Now, Steve made the best way ever to have her essentially take herself out um, with space drugs is the term he used. She oh. ODs on space drugs. Yeah. She's like depressed. She sees her love of her life and one of her best friends fighting. This whole thing's falling apart. And she sees her, her husband slash father of her children become a, a megalomaniac a as a child psychopath. like actress like we said she's not ever made great decisions she's no. always been um, a little grandiose a little no, um, yeah. over the top um, yeah. so she doesn't really know how to so, take care of it so kind of like yeah. Yeah, Marilyn space, Monroe almost space, like, like space she, Xanax does her in huh? exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Obi-Wan and Anakin fight and I mean it's it's it, nothing like the fight in episode 3 because that was lots of swinging lightsabers around and doing yeah. all sorts of fancy things that you would do with like a, a glow stick when you were a kid tied on a string and you swing it around <laughs> so it makes it like look like a circle that they were doing funny. essentially the same thing I don't want that I want that like intense fight like the locking of sabers and like gritting teeth at each other and like talking S to each other, like... Like a five-minute fight of all emotion. Exactly, and, and he's saying, you know, you were always strong-willed and, and headstrong, and you never listened to, you know, and, and Obi-Wan saying to Anakin, and Anakin's saying, well, you were always weaker than me, you were jealous of my power, you know, and that's why you couldn't train me privately, because you're not good enough to train me. And they just keep going back and forth. And you still have the fight in the same way, because Anakin is overconfident in his abilities. And he does that, like, cool little flippy thing, and Obi-Wan... You know, disarms him. <laughs> we got uh, disarms him literally. Yeah, <laughs> the same musical score in the background. Oh God, yeah, yeah that was so great. And like, yeah. as you can hear in the background right now, we've got the the um, I want to say it was uh, Battle of Heroes. Battle of Heroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this is like the most powerful part of this movie, and this is what essentially saves this movie is that mm -hmm. John Williams could write an, an amazing score for yeah. like any movie. The like, music and how it looked. Exactly. It was very pretty to look at. Yeah, it was. It wasn't as fun to watch because yeah. of the story and everything. You're sitting there like, please yeah. give me something to care about. And yeah. it just never really came. Yeah. As always, the terrible dialogue. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so we have this fight. We have that that same moment at the end where he's laying there writhing and I hate him. you. <laughs> I don't even know if we need to say that. I mean, that, that worked because he was so angry and he doesn't have any body parts left. <laughs> But he's like crawling up with his little robot arm. Oh, my brother! Like, I always pictured now it as, with burn. <laughs> I always pictured like him too, like after Obi Wan leaves, like him saying, like him like trying to pull himself up, and he's like got no legs and no arm, and he's got this robot arm, and he's like, oh man, the love of my life hates me now, and my best friend just chopped off my legs and my arms. 
it's been a really crappy day, and then all of a sudden he like bursts into flames, and he's like, and now I'm on fire. <laughs> like I could just see it as like being the topper, like the icing and, on the cake. Instead of it. I hate you, it would work better. It would have been help me, <laughs> get me out of here. I'll be to be like. That, yeah. yeah, actually, you know Obi what? would have helped him if he asked for help. I'm, Vic I'm makes sure. a really good point, too. Like, if he had just been like, no, because you don't have him help him. He sits there and he says to him, like, he's like, he's like, oh, God, he's trying to pull himself up. And he's just like, I can't believe you did this to me. And then he catches on fire and he freaks out a little bit. He's like, help, help me, help me. And Obi-Wan just is going to leave and die. And wow. he turns around and he just, like, saddened, like, tears in his face, like, walks away leaving him to die wow. because then in, in New Hope and he's like you should not have come back because he just essentially left him for dead yeah, yeah. like that would be so much more powerful just, and then it makes Obi-Wan flawed and fallible all of which he needed lines, to be you know, yeah, I never before understood. the learner now I'm the master he really yeah. feels like I'm the powerful one now you yeah. have no chance you left me for I never dead. said when it came to life or death Anakin yeah. not asking for help yeah and rather saying I hate you just yeah. choosing to die instead of yeah, exactly. one last all right, reaction. maybe you're right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your yeah. survival instinct is going to say because now, yeah. like, not only is it the fire that made him Darth Vader, it's that fire, you know, the Inside. theoretical fire, the actual like emotional fire of you know he left me to die, and this is the only person left on the face of the galaxy that still thinks I'm worth anything. Is this guy who put me in like the sausage casing and put a little robot hel- helmet on me? This guy's my friend. Yeah. So I'm the only one. The only thing there that's in the. In the uh, does that make Obi-Wan, does that turn the audience against Obi-Wan? Like, almost he's the bad guy. I don't know, now, because I think... You're almost too sympathetic to Anakin's plight. I don't think you're sympathetic. Because you've seen now the background. You've I, I, what I see what you're saying, yeah. But at the same time, too, you you establish at the end of this one that Obi-Wan knows that he kind of went in the wrong direction. Went because all of a sudden you see... Because obi you give a little bit more backstory. You have Obi-Wan sitting there in his plane, and he's just, like, distraught. And he's, like, just, like, bawling his eyes out that this has happened. And then he finds out, news report, you know, because I make television essentially part of this right. galaxy. There's some kind of like hologram network. They're yeah. watching reports on it. Yeah, and, stuff. and it, shows, it shows Senator Padme Amidala found overdosed and dead. He's like, oh my god. And he realizes that she was watching this whole thing. So he's lost her. <laughs> so he's distraught now about this too. But he knows about the kids on the planet. Yeah. So he talks to Bail Organa. He talks to Lars. He's like, we got to get these kids where they need to yes. be. And, and but then it. also too, I think Obi-Wan puts himself in Tatooine in isolation. Just happens to pop on the news one day. He sees Emperor Palpatine and this dude standing next to him. He's like, who the hell is that? And it says Darth Vader. He goes, holy crap. That's Anakin. Anakin's not dead. Yeah, right. Wow. And like, and then he makes it his role. He's like, "Look, I left my my friend yeah. to die. He didn't die. It is my right to protect these kids from him, so that he never does to him what he tried to do to you the rest have of loved the galaxy." Seen, have seen Obi Wan's reaction to seeing Darth Vader for the first time, as far as like Anakin, what happened? To Anakin oh yeah, to yeah. You never saw that. That would have been a great just a moment to see, like. And ultimately, I think you said when they were having the conversation, Anakin and Obi Wan in in their fight. Yeah. And you said one line, Anakin said, "Like you were too busy doing your own thing to train me properly and everything." Yeah. So Obi Wan, yeah. while he's on the plane before he sees that broad, or after he sees the broadcast of Padme, that he's like. Yeah. He rededicates himself to Luke, mm-hmm. and he said, like, basically in his mind, he has this, I'm going to go into this 19-year penance in the desert. Exactly. I'm going I'm exactly. to atone for my sins. Like a, I'm going to make sure yeah. Luke doesn't, bef- anything bad befalls him the way it happened to Anakin, because it's yeah. my fault that this happened. Because he's now on the path that Yoda is on. Yes. That Buddhist monk, almost, like, balance of everything, the yin and the yang, the, yes. you know, the middle path, where 
this is the bad thing that I did. I now have to atone for what I did to become a decent person. And in, now you have him and Yoda on the same page. Yoda says, this is awful what's happened, but we can fix it. And saying how we can fix it. And it no longer becomes this like very forced, let's cobble this together so these puzzle pieces make sense. You now have it make sense because the story makes sense. Yeah, this is the logical way that things would have progressed from the things that happened. Whereas in the, the existing material, yeah. like we said with like Anakin becoming Darth Vader, yeah. them fighting, it's just like, oh, we got to hurry up and like tie all this stuff together. Yeah. Um, um, let's show a shot of the Death Star. Um, yeah. um, um, and there's just so much catching up in the last 15 minutes. Yeah. Let's give this baby to this guy. Uh, oh, we don't have a kid. Let's, let, we'll take the baby girl. Uh, there's just all this stuff that just at the very end, let's just make it make yeah. sense. It all makes sense yeah. now. And I am so pleased with the way that came out, especially because Vic... You threw something in there at the end that, like, I didn't even think about. Like, the whole, like, is Obi-Wan now a bad guy? I think that you make the Star Wars world less about good guys and bad guys. Yeah. Because now, here's it's what a, you can do. It's up to the viewer's discretion how you see mm-hmm. Obi-Wan now. That's, exactly. Exactly. That's another layer to it when you go back and watch the old trilogy. Exactly. So. But not only that, too, it allows us to fix another problem that was done when they re-released the original three movies. Having Greedo shoot at all. Period. <laughs> yeah. You no longer have to have Han Solo be this clear cut I'm very good I'm the the great white cowboy hero yeah. kind of thing because like and, and I don't mean like that in color like Caucasian I mean like like white hat black hat for exactly westerns exactly yeah. yeah that's what I was going for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean Han, I mean Han Solo was white but still that doesn't matter um anyways he no longer has to be that like you know these are the good guys these are the bad guys you can have him murder Greedo because Greedo was gonna kill him if he didn't yeah, yeah. and it, you don't have to justify it the shades of gray should be put into a movie and I'm not saying overall with modern movies and everything how they, everything's gritty and everything's like darker and everything yeah. it doesn't have to be like that no. yeah. but it's just I mean even good guys like we're talking about a galactic war yeah. you know not everyone's a good guy in war and, no. and right. whether you're doing you know the, the war on behalf of the thing that is right you're protecting freedom or whatever mm-hmm. you still have to do things that are tough things yeah. that are hard there are shades yeah. of gray with all of it, so and why so can't that be in the movie? The yeah. Jedi Council was big government, so it's like there's going to be some hiccups there that it's not explored. People are going to be corrupt. Things are going to be done yeah, incorrectly. Yeah, absolutely. Everything in absolutely. Order, so. absolutely. So I think that's a really, really good way to bring them all together. Yeah, I think we get on Kickstart, raise some money, <laughs> get this thing going, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I, I would, I would pay money to see. I mean, I'm biased because I wrote it, but like, I, I would love to see this movie. Yeah, I think this movie would be better than what we saw. Um, I think it would make everything tie together much more cleanly. Um, and I mean, I mean, just think about the action figures too. I mean, like, <laughs> you could have just as much merchandise. Exactly. I yeah. You I mean, just as much, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just want to ask one thing uh, now. Yeah. I don't know how, how much this was to talk about, but does your thing? Have Jar Jar Binks at all? Absolutely not. Because I think that's the one <laughs> biggest improvement. Upon everything, in episode, the absence of Jar Jar Binks. In episode one, you get that same kind of technology, where they have that cool like shield thing that they made. Yeah, but it's not fish people; it's just regular people. Because this is Alderaan now. This isn't Naboo. So you don't want any racism in your movies, is what you're telling me. You don't want like black stereotypes like they had with Jar Jar Binks. Or... It's yeah, or like that crazy Asian stereotype they did with, with the, the trade fish Federation. people. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah exactly. Like... Have one scene where Anakin goes crazy. 
and just kills Jar Jar. Just like, <laughs> right there. Get the, the fan service that everyone wanted there. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't even would cheer, man. Just, I wouldn't even inc- I wouldn't even include him. I wouldn't even put him on there. Like have him explode. One scene where he explodes. Just have him explode in the beginning. Like, <laughs> none of this exists at all. Like, yeah, absolutely. But there you have it. Um, that's how, in three easy steps, you can fix the Star Wars print. No, um, <laughs> it, it's fans. Fans love things. We love what we grew up with. We love what we watch, and we can become attached to it. And that's why I spent so much time and effort working on this because this is the kind of thing that I would want to see, and I think by proxy you guys would want to see too. So let us know what you think. I mean, we we've got this great website that we created, you know, greatgeekrefuge.squarespace.com. Go on there. There's going to be a place for you guys to mention, uh, make comments, make yeah. anything uh, on the podcast. Let us know what you think. Let us know if we're if we're on point. If you guys would be on board with this as well. If not, if you think I'm stupid, let me know. I mean, I, I love the criticism. Um, we want to hear your versions, like exactly. the episode one and two articles. Like, yeah. read through them. How would you do it? What points would you add? What would you take away? Um, just fun to have that conversation and see what people would build on. Because, just like Mike said, Vic brought up one very cool little, like, a one-liner where he says, help. And that changed everything the way Mike was looking at the ending. So, exactly. yeah. you know, Absolutely. we can't, one person can't think of everything. So it's really fun to hear what other people think about it as well. Yeah, yeah. Story by committee. I like it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Um, well, actually, this is it. We, we're we going to wrap this up. You get the John Williams music at the end. Oh, yeah. Tell us that this is the end of a Star Wars May the uh, Force series. be with you all. Yes, indeed. May the Force be with us all. Um, stay tuned. we got some more great stuff that we're going to be talking about, guys. Peace. Peace.